Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, whenever you're listening. <laughs> it's Paul and Adam in studio. Great to be with you today, man. Great to be with you. And you're right, people listen to the show at any time because it's a podcast. Yes, absolutely. You so I was trying to catch iTunes, everyone. iTunes, Google Play, just subscribe. And then it shows up right there when you're working out or driving or whatever you, you want. You sound a little stuffy. Yep. <clears throat> I got a little uh, February cold going mm. on. Mm. Yeah. It's not the coronavirus. Oh, good. I think. Great. It's not the flu. Okay, good. I think. So I don't need to send you away and put you on a cruise ship somewhere. Right. You don't need a mask. But we will. I saw the mic after the show. So. You sound a little hoarse. <laughs> <laughs> a little tiny horse. Well, I, I often teach my kids, uh, by example, to make jokes, right? Mm-hmm. So the other day we were at my parents and my daughter found a toy horse. I was very little. And so what she decided to do was go into the kitchen and grab her throat like something was bothering her. And I said, well, what's wrong? She said, nothing. I'm just a little horse and held up the... <laughs> that is so... That's that, a conkism. That's my kid. Yep. That's a conkism. Because oh, you're, you're like the captain of puns. <laughs> you're, the, you're the apex of dad jokes. I kind of am. Bad dad jokes, too. Bad dad jokes, yes. Which are funny. Because with the worse the dad joke, the better the joke. Yeah. You know, it's got to hurt. I love ones that like hurt you. <laughs> like when people, when I first grew my beard and they said, oh, you got a beard. You said, yeah. I said, yeah, I kind of like it, but it's starting to grow on me. Mm. And that just, that one hurts. You see, it just hurts. It you. just hurts. <laughs> it's so bad. It, it's actually. It's well, are actually there, are there Georgisms in your house? No. Okay. No, we just get right to the point. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a Georgism. Wow. That was a very direct statement. Just very direct. Yep. Mm-hmm. That was a George thing yep. to say. Yep. Well, that's so good. We have a lot of sarcasm. Oh. Mm, yeah. Which isn't always good. Sometimes it's funny. <laughs> Sometimes people get their feelings hurt. But it's all out of love. All out of love. Yeah. Because actually the word sarcasm, when you break it down, means to cut. Yes. So you got to have to, you know, watch sarcasm in a way that you're not, you know, cutting to the core of somebody, cutting them down. Um but sometimes it's just fun to cut. Sometimes it's just fun to cut. <laughs> we're cutting up. <laughs> anyway, great to be with you guys. Thanks for listening today. I mean, we're kind of in an interesting season right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's what we call what, Adam? The well, festival season. Festival season. Carnival season. Carnival Mardi season. Mardi Gras season. Mardi Gras season. For most people who don't live in Louisiana, uh, you, you just don't. It literally like your world just keeps going. Ours shuts down, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, just extremely Catholic Literally culture down here. Down. Like, yeah, people don't work. You know, people for, put off business deals. Oh, they put off clothes in a house. Like, no, <laughs> it's I, not going to happen. Our right kids now. have off of school all next week. Yeah, for Mardi Gras, like for a whole week. Mm-hmm. You know, and the rest of the world they're going to school. You know, so people take off of work. People go on vacations, but people stay here. There's parades, whatever, and this is all, all of course, in preparation for Lent. Right? Yes. What better way to prepare for Lent? That was sarcasm. <laughs> Good. That was a Georgism. Yes. Well, I think people aren't from Louisiana. They, they've at least had weddings mm-hmm. where a lot of times you spend a lot of money. You probably have to borrow money to make it. And you just make it big, right? Right. So in uh, South Louisiana, Mardi Gras time, it's like a wedding every year for you, yeah. for a lot of people. You're going to be in a ball. You're going to have to get a dress. It, yeah. And you spend a whole bunch of money you probably don't have. Right. All to get ready for Lent. <laughs> yeah, and some people do that. And some people just do parades. We have a lot of parades. Basically, Correct. like two two weeks of parades on the weekends, and then leading to Mardi Gras weekend, which, uh, which is this weekend, and then through Mardi Gras, and then and then it's Ash Wednesday Lent. And, and look, I love the tradition in a sense of the celebration, and mm-hmm. uh, like the heart of Mardi Gras is like just let's have a wedding. Let's have a wedding before Lent. Like let's celebrate. Mm-hmm. Like let's Fat Tuesday, right? Like l- let's just rejoice and eat and be glad, and that's. That's what I love about the culture. That's what I love about the, the Cajun Catholic culture. And it really, like the heart of it is so good, right? Uh, yeah. And just like a lot of things can get out of hand, yeah. right, with with debauchery and, you know, overdoing it and taking, you know, beyond moderation. But like the heart of Mardi Gras is, is like it's it's a really fun and cool uh, tradition. Yeah, and... Really, in the Cajun DNA, our highest goal when we get together is to celebrate life mm-hmm. and people. Yeah. That really is our our goal. That's why we get together. And we use anything that will help us do that. And you're right. Sometimes we go overboard. But even those people going overboard, 
Why did they even show up at that place at that time? Right. It's good intention. To enjoy uh, and, themselves. But that is that is the heart of Christianity, to celebrate life, to celebrate yeah. people. Um, and there's good times and there's bad times. There's suffering. Yeah. Uh, and this is sort of the, you know, the, the roller coaster of the Christian life, but uh, is, you know, we, ha- we have these highs and lows, but the lows doesn't mean that God's not with us. Like Lent, in a sense, like you would say, it's, it's, it is a solemn season, right? Mm-hmm. It is a time of fasting, prayer, penance, almsgiving. Uh, it, it is a time to really deep reflect. And so you would say it's, it's a downtime in a sense of like we're not partying. We're really reflecting on the suffering and life of Christ, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, in, in, in hopes that when we get to Easter, we'll fully understand what the resurrection really means. Yep. So, so on the bookends of, of Lent, you have Fat Tuesday, Mardi Gras, and then you have Easter. And then in the middle is, is entering into the desert with Christ, Right, but that is the spiritual life. It's not just parties. It's not just festivals and weddings and celebration. And those are goods. It, it is the time where Jesus goes out in the desert, and it's really tough. Right, and that's the challenge for us in this area is that with our faith, Lent is every bit a celebration of life as Mardi Gras and Easter. But it's a different way of celebrating it, which is to deepen it, to change it, to grow it. Right, like if we love our life with the Lord, it's a time of entering into a, a conversion where our life becomes deeper and more meaningful with Him, and we focus more on Him and our life with Him than the things of this world. You know, our our life in in this world, because if we love our life, we want the life that's going to last forever. Right. We want to deepen that. We want to invest in that. And a lot of good Catholics I know, Lent is their favorite season, but they're not sour about it. They're no. not like, oh, I love Lent because I love to hurt myself. Right. I love Lent because it's a time to just focus on what's most important. Yeah, and we're going to talk about that, how, how to prepare. But, but you know, here's here's the funny thing is that as good as Mardi Gras is and Fat Tuesday, and, and I think do around the world when it is, you know, the Tuesday of Mardi Gras or Fat Tuesday before Lent, a lot of people around the world do celebrate. They do mm-hmm. some type of tradition or whatever the case may be. Here, it's a bit of a distraction in some ways of – you wake up on Ash Wednesday and you're like, oh, no, it's Lent. <laughs> right, right. You know what I'm saying? Like, you haven't really thought about Lent because you're thinking about Mardi Gras, the two weeks of Mardi Gras, and then some people, you know, wake up with a hangover, you know, mm-hmm. true story, right? And mm-hmm. and then go get their ashes. Yeah. Right? And they're like, oh, no, it, it wait, it's Lent? What do I need to do? And I oftentimes think, like, if we want to be intentional about something, we got to think about it before it happens. Yeah. So that when it happens, we're prepared for what's happening. You know, it's like when you're going to have a baby, you don't just wake up and it's like, oh, have a baby. I think in, in God's great design is God gives us nine months to think about having that baby. Yeah, figure it out. To, to start, you know, pondering on it. Yeah, we don't have the answers, all the answers once the baby comes, but we have a time of preparation mm-hmm. for when the baby comes. And... And so we can start thinking about what type of parent do I want to be? What you know, what kind of house do we want to live in? Do we need to, you know, paint a room? Like you start thinking about those things, right? Mm-hmm. You don't just, you know, boom the baby and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, we need to paint the room. Well, you got an infant and living in a room full of paint doesn't happen that way, or it shouldn't. You kind of have to start thinking about it ahead of time to prepare, right? Totally. And and as good as Mardi Gras is, uh, and I'm and I'm. And I'm saying, have fun. Like, let's 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 rejoice uh, in the Lord of Mardi Gras. Should not keep us from thinking about Lent. And I think a great marriage of that is when you identify by Mardi Gras, we should all have our Lenten plan in place. Yeah. Like, we know what it is. We know the penances we're going to do. We know the extra prayer things we're going to do as a family. Like, it is, it should all be done. The preparation for Lent should be done by Mardi Gras. And to make the celebration of Mardi Gras related to your penances. Like, if you know you're not going to drink alcohol all then, have that glass of wine that you love. How'd you Treat know? yourself. <laughs> Treat yourself to your favorite beverage on, on Tuesday because that way it marriages the, the, the two moments. Right. You know that Mardi Gras is literally connected to Ash Wednesday. Absolutely. As it should be. Yeah, yeah. And so when you drink that drink, you're thinking about how tomorrow you won't. So you're a parade guy? Do you like parades? Bring to be honest with you, for like 10 minutes. Okay. I go, we we don't really go to parades, my poor children. Um, 
my favorite parades have been ones we do at home where I'm just like, look, here's some beads, throw them at each other. Cause I, now you live in small town you can kind of walk to the small parade, the bigger parades. They're right? hard to get. I mean, when you have kids and it, it's, it's a deal. It's, it's a lot to get there. And yeah. then once you're there, it's loud and there's drunk people everywhere. And it's like after yeah. 10 minutes, I'm kind of done. Yeah. No, I mean, you know, I, I got some funny stories you know, bring kids to parades and then you, you catch something and then you look and you're like, oh, that's not beads. Right. You know, and that's okay. Yep. That's not good for, you know, my 10 year old. Um, and so there, <laughs> there are things like that, but they're day parades and fun. Uh, for, for me, I'm just not a huge, big, big crowd guy. Right. That, that probably exhausts you. Like to where, mm-hmm. like, I can't move and people are rubbing up, you know, you know, against me and, you know, I got kids on my shoulder and yada, yada. And, you know, but there are times where it's fun, you know, and uh, the tradition and seeing the tradition. And, you know, there's some small towns around Louisiana that the original tradition is the parade. Um, you know, people ride on horses and there's old floats and they chase chickens. Yeah. Catch the chickens and then they cook the chickens and they, mm. you know, it's, it's like this whole real, you know, traditional festival type thing Mm -hmm. that's kind of evolved now into these bigger parades you see on tv but some of these small cajun towns have these these traditions that are that are really fun yeah when i taught in one of those towns i taught at a high school there and uh i found this like chicken mask it was about mardi gras time i think Uh it was the friday before mardi gras so i uh at lunchtime when it was kind of done i put the mask on and just took off running and they knew what to do, the guys, the seniors. They, they just, just chased, chased me. And they got me. And then someone else put the mask on and we chased them. That's pretty funny. <laughs> that was, That's hysterical. That's probably one of my totally best memories. see you doing that. <laughs> All right, when we come back, this is Paul and Adam talking Art of Living. We're going to talk about how do we really prepare uh, for the high season. Let's Lent. do it. We'll be right back. The Paul George Show is made possible in part by our partners at Solidarity HealthShare. Solidarity is the Catholic solution to the health care problem. Are you paying too much for your health care cost? Solidarity HealthShare is a health care sharing ministry which provides an ethical way to fund health care costs while protecting and practicing our Catholic beliefs. Best yet, Solidarity HealthShare's members are exempt from the fines and penalties in the Affordable Care Act. Visit SolidarityHealthShare.org. That's SolidarityHealthShare.org. Welcome back to the show. Paul and Adam in studio talking uh, the art of living for Lent, man. We're, we're getting into this because it's coming up and we're in yeah. Mardi Gras season. You're getting and, me fired up, man. And my, my mind's been going too. Like I, I just, I kind of, my mind kind of works. I start thinking about it and, mm-hmm. you know, Lent and you know, what am I going to do or what's, what's the Lord asking me to do? And I think that's an important question is not a, what I want, you know, or what I need, although that I can put that in my prayer, but Lord, what are you asking? I mean, what are you doing now? You guys are kind of long-term and, you know, no timeline, uh, thinking about moving. You have a lot of kids and mm-hmm. kind of thinking about like, um, you know, a house that would fit you guys, things like that. We just recently moved about four or five months ago. And the moving process is nuts, right? Like yeah. uh, when you move, you, you begin to find out and figure out how much stuff you've accumulated, you know, good or bad. Like it's, it's, it's just part of the moving process. You box stuff up and then you start thinking, what do we need to throw away, give away or sell? And those are kind of your three options, throw away, give away or, or sell. And then you realize, man, we got to get rid of a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. We got to detach from some things. We got to um, really purge from some things. There's a lot of clutter. Right. Mm -hmm. And, you know, in the spiritual life, I think that's an evaluation as well. Like Lent's about spiritual movement. And over the course of ordinary time, over the course of life, we're busy. It's hectic. We just accumulate a lot of things. Right. I have this friend of mine who tells me every year, every year, he's like, dude, I'm horrible during ordinary time. I don't pray or I stop, you know, or. You know, I feel like my spiritual life slacks, and he goes, but Lent comes, and it's it's like it 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 like it's a reboot, mm-hmm. you know. And Lent is this, you know, the beauty of Lent and and the and the wisdom of the church, right? Is that we have these seasons that really call us back into relationship with Christ. Absolutely, 
And I think the calling back is important for Lent because we can forget that Lent was the first RCIA program in the church. The whole reason it started was that new people were coming into the church at Easter and they needed to learn the faith. They needed to pray. They needed to do penance for their past sins. Um, They had a lot of needs to prepare for that moment. And at Easter every year, those who were Catholic already renewed their vows, like we do at at Easter, our, our vows, right? So it made start to make sense that those who are already Catholic would somehow participate with those who are entering the church in that same season of preparation for that moment. Because mm-hmm. we're not just celebrating Easter at Easter. We are renewing our Christian vows mm-hmm. to believe in the resurrection, mm-hmm. proclaim the resurrection, to reject sin and Satan and all its empty promises. Like we are preparing to make our faith new again, just like Christ entered new life at the resurrection. We or entering our, we're renewing our life as Christians. And I think that moment should be in our mind throughout Lent, hmm. especially when we pick penances. What things help us to reject sin and all its empty promises and all its empty show? Where have I given in a little bit to the devil in certain areas? You know, like where, where, how can I be more sincere on Easter Sunday saying I reject him? Right. That's, you know? that's, and how can I grow? That's, that's great. You know, if you're listening today or listening to the podcast, I want you to think about like, like you woke up today and you got to move and you think to yourself, holy smokes, what do I have to do to move? Okay. I got to pack all these boxes. You got to move and I got to leave, you know, I got to get rid of stuff. I got to sell stuff. All right. All right. I got to, you know, throw it away or Mm -hmm. give it away. Right. And I remember we, we were doing this, and, man, we got rid of so much stuff. It felt so good. We, yeah. it, like it, we were downsizing and detoxing and detaching and decluttering. And then when we thought, okay, what's going to fit in the new house? We were like, okay, now we got to get rid of some more stuff mm-hmm. um, so that we can set up the new house the way we want, right? We're not mm-hmm. bringing all of our old clutter and just throwing it in there. Like, let's start over with the move. So there's something really great about a move, right? Yeah. So think about today, like you're moving, okay? But it's a spiritual move. Yeah. And Lent's about spiritual movement, okay? And it is about getting rid. It's about detaching, detoxing. It's about letting go of. Think about how how is the Lord asking you to make spiritual movement this Lent? And what do you need to get rid of? right? Mm -hmm. To detach from, declutter from, so that you can make that spiritual movement. And that's what you're talking about. And have that new life at Easter. Because literally, if you continue that analogy, God calls us to move into a new spiritual house often. Yes. And if we're growing, like we've outgrown the house we've been in. Mm -hmm. If we're growing spiritually, the way we currently live our, our Christian walk is now smaller than what God's calling us to. He's calling us to a new way. Mm-hmm. And every Easter, we have this opportunity to find that new life God is calling. But if we're detached to the old life, if we have too much clutter in our in our spiritual life, then that new life is not going to get started the way God wants it to. Yeah, and if we're not intentional about asking these questions, then we'll wake up Easter and we're the same person, mm-hmm. right? And the whole point of Lent is to like re-engage in the faith, in our relationship with Christ. It's a yeah. It's a... It's a reminder and a calling back, you know, to that relationship so that at Easter we're, we're better, we're different, we're holier. And I think it's great and normal to evaluate where you are today mm-hmm. and just to admit, man, yeah, I, I do have some spiritual clutter. I've yep. gotten spiritually lazy. You know, my prayer life is lacking. I've gotten less <coughs> discipline in these areas. I've, I've over-accumulated some bad habits. Like, uh, and as you evaluate that, then you can say, man it would be really good for me to do these things and work because it's connected with your spiritual growth. Mm-hmm. And look, we're, the church just doesn't make this up. And right. it's like, hey, let's just have this Lenten season. We have nothing else to do. <laughs> I mean, th- this is this is modeled after Christ, yep. right? So this isn't like rules and regulations. The church is like, man, if you don't do this, you know, get out. Uh, this goes all the way back to Jesus who went away in the desert for 40 days Yep. to, to fast, to pray, to detox, right? To, yeah. to declutter, uh, to fight the devil, mm-hmm. and, and to really re- engage in his relationship with the Father 
right? Mm-hmm. To prepare him for what was next. And what I find so interesting is that there's a, the next step after Lent for Jesus was his public ministry. After his time in the desert, right. I mean, which Lent, we do 40 days because of Jesus's 40 days in the desert. And we always start every Lent with that reading. What was the next thing he did? He started to proclaim the gospel, right? Right. There is an evangelization power to renewing your faith because, and I see it every RCIA, I, I do RCIA every year, I see the zeal in people's lives who just come to the faith, mm-hmm. and it's powerful. They can spread the faith in their family so easily with their friends because they're so on fire. They're so filled with zeal. What if we were like that every year? Right. What if we had that time of intense uh, desert experience and emerged from it just renewed, refreshed, on fire, ready to spread the faith? The evangelization power of Lent and into Easter is so tremendous that if we could tap into it, our family could be different. Our lives, could be, our coworkers, right. everybody around us can get a sense that something has happened to us. You know, yeah. Converts are the best evangelists because they're mm-hmm. fired up. They they've encountered Christ for the first time in the church. But for all of us, Lent is a a reconversion. Yes, it is yeah. a rethinking, which comes from the Greek metanoia, conversion. It is a rethinking about our relationship with Christ. Mm-hmm. So that it could get deeper, better, more spiritual, right? Mm-hmm. Ha- have some density to it so that we can proclaim to the world who Christ is. That's what Lent's all about. It is it is a spiritual move, but it's a spiritual going away to be with Jesus. Like we're when Jesus does this, he just doesn't say, this is what I do. Like when Jesus comes into the world and teaches, he's like, I want you to model what I do. Right. He didn't need to go in the desert for himself. Right. Like he was God. He did it to teach us. Yes. So to teach us the way to live, mm-hmm. the art of living. Like so as we talk about the art of living, you know, that that phrase is comes from Pope Benedict. We didn't make it up. And he talks about the art of living for Christ. Um, like that Jesus comes to teach us what it means to fully live this art, right? When Jesus has this first Lent in the desert, he, you're, like you said, he's not just doing it for himself. Uh, this is about like how, how we should model, you know, mm-hmm. live this way to, to make spiritual movement, to, to detox from the things that, that clutter our lives over time and, and figure out how to fast and pray mm-hmm. better and, and really grow in our relationship with him so that we can uh, be the person that he's calling us to be. And I, I would highly recommend considering a Lenten plan and this idea of like detachment and movement to take the, the vows, the baptismal vows we're going to renew at Easter and look at them in light of prayer, fasting and almsgiving, um, which are like, the, that's the program for Lent, right? Yeah. It's, it's like simple. Cause it's it simple in a sense right? of remember three things, right? <laughs> you know? And, and the connection to me is very profound because when we talk about prayer, we're talking about relationship with God, the vows we make, we're going to say we believe in the Father, we believe in the Son, we believe in the Holy Spirit. Prayer, we have an opportunity this Lent, like, which one of those persons do you need to deepen a relationship with? Just pick one, you know? The Father is the one who tells us who we are. It gives us our identity. He's the source of everything. Do we need to have a deeper sense of who we are in our prayer, like a sense of security with God that He loves us, that He's created us? Draw near to the Father in your prayer this Lent. Pick a person, you know? Um the son has come to save us from our sins and to be everything for us and to be our master every day that we follow, that we're his disciple. Like, do we need to grow in that? The Holy Spirit gives power and joy and, and a zest to our life. Do we need that? You know, I would say focus your prayer on one of the persons of the Trinity hmm. so that that vow that you renew it at uh, Easter will be more meaningful to you, you know? And then finally your relationship with, Satan, right? Like you're right. Jesus did battle in the in the desert with the devil. You're gonna vow to reject sin and all its empty promises. This is the point of fasting. We fast to do battle. Fasting is not a self help practice. Fasting is a battle. Yes. That I have grown slack and let the devil win in these areas, but no more. I'm gonna do battle with the devil in my fasting. But you have to pick some area where the devil is winning in your life. The devil has made headway. You know the devil's close. Right. Go after him with your fasting. Absolutely. You know, if you can't give something up, you probably should. If mm-hmm. you can't give it up, you probably should. <laughs> That's right. You know, like... You couldn't imagine yourself, yeah. Because fasting is about building in the spiritual discipline, the spiritual virtues, so that 
when you are tempted, you could say no. Mm-hmm. But without that spiritual armor, growing that armor, then when you're tempted, you're just like, sure, I'll grab the apple, right, Adam and Eve. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll say yes to that because you haven't built in the discipline you're to, not strong. to yeah. say no. And I always evaluate uh, fasting with, hmm, if I don't want to give it up, I probably should. Mm-hmm. And if I can't give it up, I definitely should. Right, because I have I have grown so attached to that habit mm-hmm. that uh, I don't have the discipline to do without it. Lent gives me the opportunity to grow in that discipline. Yep. It could be anything, you know, any yep. bad habit, you know, what whatever it, it may be, you know. Yeah, and the devil loves our lack of discipline because he could use that Laziness. all day, every day. Absolutely, mm-hmm. you know. And then lastly, almsgiving. I think there's a deep connection between almsgiving. And the vow that we believe in the Holy Catholic Church. Because mm-hmm. generosity should be our number one trait with each other. Yep. We should be generous with our time, our talent, our treasure. Whenever called upon to help someone else, that should be our number one trait as a church with each other. Because um, that what that is what um, tells the world that Jesus Christ is real. We're willing to give our life to one another. And so almsgiving helps... I think stoke the flames of that generosity and helps us say, yeah, I believe in the church. I want to be in the church. I want to be a generous member of the church. Um, so I think Lent is simple, but man, it's hard and it's profound yep. uh, because we have to deepen relationship with God. We have to do battle with Satan and we have to get over ourselves and live for other people. Absolutely. All right. So I'm going to go back to the, the move analogy uh, for us, for folks is um, here's a good way to look at it is Three ways spiritual movement, okay, to box things up. Mm-hmm. Things that things that you want to take into the new house. Yeah. Okay. They're good things. You already have those good things in your life. You wanna you wanna take them. You don't want to leave them. Like these are these are really good pieces of furniture. You need it in yeah. the house. You gotta like, take it with like you. Like you go to mass on Sunday, you should keep doing that. Right. Right. Um th- things you wanna need to take, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but you need to change some things about them. Mm-hmm. Okay, and you evaluate that, right? Uh, I need to take my prayer life, but it, it needs to get better. Yeah. Okay. I need to deepen um, it. Yeah. You know, I, you know, I, whatever it is, and then there's things you just need to leave behind, and those are the, you know, that's how you connect them. The things I need to leave behind, man, I need to fast from that completely. You know, I need to yeah. detox from it. I need to leave leave it behind, and you know, doing that evaluation now will help you prepare. And ask the question to the Lord, okay, what do you want me to do for Lent? What God, what do you want for me during Lent? Mm-hmm. Um, because at Easter, I know that you want me to rise and be new in some way, shape, or form. So what do you want me to focus on this Lent? Don't make it too overwhelming. Don't you know do so many things that you don't get to anything, because I think a lot of times we do that. Yep. Um, but get to the few things that you know that the Lord's asking you to focus on. Well, I love the... Um take it, sell it, or get rid of it thing, because in the spiritual life, you're right, like, we should take things and deepen them. We should sell some things, and this is when, like, it's not necessarily a bad thing, so it's not a sin necessarily, but we need to, it's taking up space that something else more valuable needs to occupy. That's a good point. And so we, we, we willingly lay down a good thing in our life for a better thing that God's calling us to. And mm-hmm. it's like it's like making that sell. And some things we just need to cut out completely. We just need to get rid of it. Yeah, you know, in our move, and you'll find this out when you guys move and you have <laughs> seven kids, that you don't realize the stuff that you have and mm-hmm. accumulate that are in closets and attics and under beds and toys that you've bought and never got, you know, clo- mm-hmm. it's just you kind of, you really go through, you have to comb, comb through. And, you know, the deta- get throwing away things wasn't hard for me mm-hmm. it's like we don't need it it's 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 useless it's old throw it away right the stuff we needed to take is like no that's valuable we need it we need that couch like we you know we're not sitting on the floor we got to take it it was the things in the middle right do we keep or get rid of do we detach from it and i sold some things and got rid of some things that i really liked mm-hmm. right but you're right when we detach from things that we don't fully need, then maybe it that's taken up space, mm-hmm. right? Just because we like it, but we don't use it much, or it's not super valuable to our family. 
man, that's, those are the ones that are hard. Yeah. And I, and I sold some things that I really liked that were, that were, you know, things that I were, and I found out, you know, I'm attached to this, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm attached to this, um, boat or this four wheeler or whatever. Not that those things are bad, but you know, to get rid of it was hard, but the freedom on the other end was like, Oh man, I really didn't even need it. It was just taking up space. Yeah. Right. So really to, to evaluate that. And, um, well, and I'm sure you've had this experience of a young Catholic who's like, you know, wanting to do all the things and they come to you and I just want to grow deeper in my faith. Okay, well, well, what are you doing? Well, on Monday nights I do this. On Tuesday nights I do that. On Wednesday I do. And, and you're thinking, well, sounds like you're doing a lot already. Why do you feel like you're not quite there? Why do you feel like you need more stuff? So a lot of times we fill our spiritual lives with lots of things, but it doesn't feel complete because we haven't properly discerned the few things we really need, the few investments we really need to make in our spiritual life. And since we don't discern that, we don't know what that is, we just fill it up with lots of things, hoping something works. Or, you know, if I just do a lot of spiritual things, it should turn out right, right? <laughs> right. Let me let me uh, just throw a bunch of things up against the wall and see what sticks. Right. Right. And I think if we can be a little bit more intentional about what God is asking us, so that we can we can be laser focused. Jesus went in the desert, you know, not just saying, I don't know what's going to happen, mm-hmm. right? There were some <laughs> things that were unpredictable, but he knew he was going to fast. Mm-hmm. He fasted for 40 days. Yeah, right. No, no food or water, that's wild. Right. He knew he was going to pray, right? So he knew those two things, and, and he was going to do battle yeah. with the devil, yep. right? So he was going to do battle with the devil to show the devil that he came to mean business. Yeah. Right. Jesus knew he was going into the desert for those things. Um, and so the more we become intentional and laser focused when it comes to Lent, I think the more fruit we'll have at the end when it comes to Easter, because we were really kind of driven and specific on some of those things. So, all right, when we come back, we're going to, um, we're going to talk more about this and we're going to talk about some, um, some fun ideas and best practices Ooh, for Lent. It's nice. Paul and Adam. We'll be right back. The Paul George Show is made possible in part by our partners at Solidarity HealthShare. Solidarity is the Catholic solution to the healthcare problem. Are you paying too much for your healthcare cost? Solidarity HealthShare is a healthcare sharing ministry which provides an ethical way to fund healthcare costs while protecting and practicing our Catholic beliefs. Best yet, Solidarity HealthShare's members are exempt from the fines and penalties in the Affordable Care Act. Visit SolidarityHealthShare.org. That's SolidarityHealthShare.org. Welcome back to the show. Paul and Adam in studio talking the, the art of living. You're getting me fired up for Lent, Paul George. For Lent with Jesus. Fired up. You know, I'm, I'm really thinking about it, and I do want to be intentional. And I, and I could look back on some of the years and say, you know, I was not very intentional. I woke up Ash Wednesday. I'm just as guilty as everyone else. Mm-hmm. And was like, oh no, <laughs> what do I do for Lent? And it really, honestly, there's been some years it's like not till like two or three, four days into Lent that I decide what I'm doing for Lent. Yeah. You know, and I think we kind of do get caught up into that. And if you do, no judgment there. I've been there. But what we're talking about is what if we were just more intentional about praying before and really thinking about Lent in a way of how is Jesus inviting us to grow this Lent? What does he want us to grow in, detach from? And the church in its wisdom has the, the season of Lent annually, right? Yeah. Why? Because we all know that we become spiritually lazy and we accumulate bad habits and we, you know, we need, we need the season, right? Jesus invites us into the depths of Lent to grow closer to him and in the church's wisdom, it's there. And you were talking about earlier, you know, you know, the three, you know, main things that we're called to in Lent, you know, the three buckets you mm-hmm. know, prayer, fasting, and almsgiving, you know? Mm-hmm. Now, how do you do that? You know, we're, I want to go back and forth and talk about s- some of the good and creative things that people have done or you've heard that people have done within those buckets that that are like, man, that that's a great thing to do or great idea, you know? Mm-hmm. So let's let's talk about the prayer bucket, the prayer thing, because that's important. Prayer is really, the end of the day, our conversation with God and you know, if, if you want to know, you, you want to 
sort of have a um, an evaluation on where your relationship is with the Lord, it's where's your prayer life? Like, where's that conversation going on? Well, I would highly suggest this. You need an outside influence on your prayer life during Lent because the whole purpose of Lent is conversion. And what do you mean by that? Well, don't just say, I'm going to do more of what I'm already doing. Hmm. I'm going to do more scripture reading. I'm going to do more. Um, so change it up? You need advice from somebody else. Hmm. So, for example, get a really good book by a saint. Get a good book by Paul George, maybe, Rethink Happiness. I don't know. But you need some input on your spiritual life that is not already in your head. Mm, that's good. Because you know, your prayer will not grow if you just keep doing the same thing. Doing the same and thing. that's that's a good point because, you know, I tell people if you work out, which is good, but if you do the same workout mm-hmm. over and over again, your muscles just get used to that workout and they stop growing, right? So you have to change it up, do something different. And what you're saying is in prayer for Lent, maybe do something different that kind of jolts you to a, a deeper, you know, deeper prayer a conversion. life. A, a conversion, yeah. I have a couple of high recommendations if you've never done them. One is um, Visits to the Blessed Sacrament by St. Alphonsus Liguori. Very short meditations intended to be between you and Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament. Ideally, you're going to the chapel every day to do them. That's not possible for a lot of people, but you in your house, you can think about your nearest chapel. You can think about this Adoration Chapel 10 minutes, 30 minutes down the road, and think about Jesus in there. And you can adore Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament. Um, that way. The main thing is the prayer time is so beautiful in that with Jesus uh, in the Eucharist, it, it's 30 days. So mm. it's perfect for Lent. Nice. You know, so I highly recommend that. Awesome. Um, yeah. And going to the chapel. You yes, know, if, if you can. If you can. For sure. Um, you know, when it comes to to prayer, you know, a lot of people may say, I'm going to try to go to daily mass. Mm-hmm. I'm going to try to pray a rosary daily. I'm going to try to do you know, a novena all through Lent. Um, try to, you know, some things that are get you in rhythm of prayer. If your prayer has been lacking, mm-hmm. you might need a book or some type of, you know, prayer rhythm that kind of gets you not only kickstarted, but like sitting on the motorcycle, yep. riding, moving forward. Yep. Whereas if you have a consistent prayer life right now, I like your idea of saying, do something to kind of jolt it, yes. right? To work a different muscle. Yep. And whether that be, you know, a, a saint book or, uh, you know, some type of scripture study that, that you haven't done that's really going to kind of take your, you know, I'm gonna t- I'm actually going to take your advice because I feel like for me, I've kind of been doing a lot of the same thing. And I think I need to work a different muscle in prayer and I need to think about what that's going to be. Well, I'll throw out one more recommendation for your prayer life. Um, there's a short, wonderful book by St. Robert Bellarmine called The Seven Last Words of Christ. Mm-hmm. And it's it's a meditation on the last things Jesus said on the cross, it it can help train you on Christian meditation. It can enrich your prayer life beyond Lent. In other words, the way he looks at Scripture, the way he thinks about it, the way he makes connections between what Jesus said here and what Jesus said there, this is what Christian meditation should be, that the Holy Spirit would guide us to make connections and insight in Scripture um, that the Holy Spirit leads this book is all that, right? So if you you'll benefit from what he says for sure, but even more, I think it's a good training for that meditation muscle on scripture um, that a lot of us are weak in because you know a lot of us don't know what to do when we go to pray with scripture. It's like I'll just find one interesting thing. I, some of us is very natural and easy, but some of us, a lot of us, it's a struggle. This book is a great way to to get a spot, you know, <laughs> in the gym, in the spiritual gym yep. from Saint Robert Bellarmine. So that's the seven last words. St. Robert Bellarmine, great little book. That's good. And if, you know, if you're sort of like a, you know, you don't have a consistent prayer life and you don't pray well or, or often and you want to kind of learn and, and jolt, um, you know, and get consistent, um, there's some, you know, Lenten reflections that the church sends mm-hmm. out that are online that you would get it like a daily reading and a daily reflection. Um, but I would say this, if you if you're new to praying, if you just if you made it a point to sit down for five to 10 minutes a day and Mm -hmm. did that all through Lent, I will make a guarantee that by Easter, your life would be different. Totally. You know, if you can just commit to that, um, if you're new and you know, if you're someone who's had a consistent prayer time, you know, do something over the course of the 40 days, that's going to deepen that Mm -hmm. you'll be different at the end of Lent. And I think that's the point It's like, God gives us the freedom to sort of self, 
evaluate where we're at right. so that we can know our needs and to ask him, you know, how, how we can do that. So, yep. And especially for new folks, pick a person of the Trinity you're going to deepen your relationship with. You can't grow in a relationship with God who's not personal to you. Yep. And the thing is, God is persons. Mm-hmm. Like he is three persons. Right. And you, we need a relationship with all three persons. Yep. Um, and so for a lot of us, there's one in particular that we need to deepen that relationship with. Focus on that during Lent. Yep. Yeah. And, and that's why, you know, the other suggestion is if, if you've prayed before, but you need a kickstart, mm-hmm. you know, is getting into some rhythm, you know, w- through the rosary. Um, obviously, you know, the sacraments remind us that yep. Jesus is a person. So going to adoration, going to mass consistently, uh, going to reconciliation, you know, those, those are all the, the beauty of the church that's constantly saying, hey, uh, uh, we can reboot your, your spiritual life, right? Like, mm-hmm. this is what it's all about. Jesus is here. He's a person, and he's present to us. Okay, um, so this is a prayer part, and that's super, super important. Uh, so we, we can't not do that. Uh, but second bucket is um, fasting, all right? And this is the one that I it's think— It's the empty bucket. <laughs> I think it's the empty bucket, but it's the thing that people automatically think about in Lent. Yeah. Like they'll think, oh, I'm gonna fast from sweets, or which is, you know, if that's your deal, or smoking, or drinking, or you know, uh, you know, eating out, or whatever the case may be. But they forget the prayer portion. No, actually, it's it's prayer, fasting, almond, and prayer is this conversation ongoingly, uh, building in that habit with God. So Mm -hmm. at the end of the Lent, like you have this this relationship with Jesus, right? Mm But fasting calls us into that relationship because what it does is it does what we've been talking about for the show is it detaches us from the things that are distracting us so that we can focus, right? We can focus on what's most important, which is Jesus. And so with the fasting thing, uh, what are some of the best practices you've seen? Well, I think like you said, I think we should avoid the cultural pressure to just like pick a thing we're giving up. Not to say you shouldn't give up things, but what people generally mean is you boil down Lent to, I gave up this. Mm -hmm. We should really avoid that. And we should choose where do we need to do battle with Satan? Because that's the purpose of this exercise, is to do battle with the flesh. Bring it on. Yes. Dude, let's fight it out. Fight it out. I like that. Because what's interesting is the first baptismal vow is to reject Satan. Mm. And all his empty promises. And all his empty promises. In other words, to claim victory over him. Yeah, and I always say with fasting, it's kind of sort of like this. And look, if there if there's a bucket that I battle with and struggle with, it's the fasting part. Mm-hmm. Is in the sense of like, sometimes I'd rather say I'd much rather do something than give up something. Mm-hmm. Fasting is actually giving up something. It's not doing yeah. something. So let's just be honest about that. And I'm the first to say, you know, I got to be challenged in that area. But here's the thing: is that for fasting. If you don't choose something that actually is a sacrifice and hurts, then you're not fasting. Right. Right. Well, like the prayer side is kind of like the offense on the field. Mm-hmm. Fasting is the defense on the field. Right. You're, you're defending against the devil. Right. If you think of it that way. If you don't have a good defense, if you don't have a good fasting plan, the devil will gain ground in your life. And think about fasting as this. Fasting is literally like sharpening the sword, like for battle. Mm-hmm. Like that's what it does. It, yep. it builds the armor. Right, mm-hmm. it builds the 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 virtue, the positive habits to defeat the enemy, to say no to temptation. Right, so when we deny ourselves, it is building in the ability to say no to what um, to what's not good for us or healthy mm-hmm. for us or whatever the case may be. That's why we fast from things that are sacrifices that actually hurt because it's it's like yes, that's building in. This this deep ability to say no when I'm tempted, right? That's why people, you know, fall for sin because they they don't have the the spiritual armor on to say no when they're when they're tempted. So find some something that's really going to kind of make you think all Lent, man. This is a sacrifice. Yeah, and if you don't know what your dominant fault is, you won't fast well. Even if you do the right things, you won't do them with the right heart. Your dominant fault is that thing about you that explains most of your sin. Hmm. So it's, can I fast from my mind? <laughs> <laughs> well, you can in that, like, for example, um, let's say someone struggles with impure thoughts, you know, and it's like, well, what do I do with that? Right. right, right. You can fast from 
any movie above PG. Hmm. Oh, that's a good idea. Because like you, we don't realize how our brains are trained to think certain ways by what we watch or what we do. Hmm. Um, not that rated R movies or PG-13 movies are, are bad in themselves, but if, if that's my struggle, then if I fast from that, I will be able to gain some victory over where Satan has gotten into my mind. Hmm. You see what I'm saying? Like where yeah. temptation comes. And that's the whole point of fasting is that you, you claim victory over the devil not by you know, just one statement, but by repeated actions that destroy the hold he has in your life, right? Mm. So um, you, have to, you have to ask yourself, where, where does most of my sin come from in my life? Like when I go to confession, when I, when I think about examination of conscience, there's something about me that explains most of it. And how do I fast in such a way that, that begins to claim victory in that area, mm-hmm. that begins to Tell the tell Satan he's not one, right. you know, that, and, and the fasting should be related to to that reality. And this is where the pra- fasting and the and the prayer are connected. Right? Exactly. If you're not praying, you you don't know how to fast. Right. And <laughs> to pray into the suffering of giving this thing up, like this right. is hard. Like my mind is wandering, and pray with that, right? Like, yep. or this this feels hard to give this up and to to suffer a little bit. Um, let me let me just pray, ask for totally. grace, and really dig in in prayer and have conversation to Jesus yeah. about it. Yeah. Like, you know, I you know I'm I'm trying to figure out how to just turn my mind off, you know, and yeah. you know, like, and that's where prayer for me is huge because it gets me out of myself and thinking about just you know whatever thoughts and ideas and you know that's where prayer connects to to shutting your mind and and rerouting your Or can I make an on-air recommendation? Absolutely. If that's what you want to work on, and I think a lot of people can relate to that. Their mind is just all over the place because of many things. Get a holy image Mm -hmm. that you think is beautiful and take 15 minutes a day just looking at the holy Mm -hmm. image. And when your mind goes to think about something else, just remind yourself how beautiful this image is and get back. Get back. I think you've given me a good idea. You're gonna, you're gonna see me next week, and my truck's gonna be wrapped in Our Lady of Guadalupe. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Wouldn't that be? A, that would be awesome. Our Lady of Guadalupe wrap on his truck. Yeah, you're like, look at Paul. That'd be Cause, awesome. Because it helps train your your uh, attention on what's most beautiful, mm. the most noble thing in the moment. Which I I need help with. If if you struggle with talking to people. Like if, if you examine your conscience, go to confession and say, I lost my temper. I didn't speak to someone as they should. I, I said something I shouldn't have said. If like, then fast from talking. Right. One thing I've done several times in my life and I've loved is try to limit my words, cut them in half. Like I figure out how much I would say in a situation, cut it in half, say half the words. And man, big difference. Hmm. Fast from talking. Yep. That's a good one. You don't need to talk as much. Yeah. And then you'll see that you have more control over not saying the things you wanted, didn't want to say, the things you shouldn't have said about somebody, or, or you didn't lose your temper, you know? Yeah. All right, so let's get to the last book. So if fasting is the thing we most think about with Lent, and mm-hmm. and, and prayer is the thing that we kind of forget about, mm-hmm. almsgiving is the thing we just don't Never do. Never think about. We just don't do it, <laughs> right? And we, and we do forget, oh, that's, you know, and almsgiving is... Look, all three of these things are part of just the Christian life. It's not just a Lent thing, right? Mm-hmm. Like so, but we build in the habit. So when we get to after Lent, we're we're still doing these things. They're the prayer and fasting and almsgiving are disciplines that we continue to do in our life. So this is not just a Lent thing. It's a calling us back to these things, so that they can be positive habits and spiritual virtues in our life. But the almsgiving part is something we could just kind of forget about and. Again, like I think about the almsgiving in a sense is giving uh, your time, talent, and treasure, right, mm-hmm. to where it hurts a little bit. It mm-hmm. stretches you. Uh, you might volunteer or do something. You're like, I don't want to do that. That, that. that really stinks. Or, uh, you know, I'm going to give a little bit more money than lent to, you know, my church or uh, an organization that helps the poor. Or, you know, I might just stack my vehicle with gift cards and, and give them out to the poor and the hungry. And like, I'm going to go beyond with almsgiving. I would say my number one advice for good Catholics in this area is you have to make it concretely related to the poor. Not all aspects of your almsgiving, but you have to have some aspect this Lent with you and your family where you are thinking about the poor and being generous to them because 
this is part of our relationship with God. Hmm. The our relationship with the poor is part of our relationship with God. Uh, you can't you can't separate it. Mm-hmm. You know you can't just you know extract the poor from being a Christian. And that's the hard part. How he was asking the question, Lord, how are you inviting me to to serve the poor yeah. to give? And there's organizations you can give to who serve the poor, and that and that's very valid. That you know our church, our dioceses. Um, there, there's local soup kitchens, but there's also ways to volunteer. Uh, you know, there's also ways to talk to the poor, right? Mm-hmm. To, to, to give your time and to be present to the poor. And this for me is another area of just being more intentional about it. It's something yeah. I want to do. I think everybody says, you know, I want to love other people, but if we're not intentional about it, we just don't do it. Yep. So maybe just make a conscious effort to, um, give or serve to the poor in some way, shape, or form this Lent. And hands down, like, that's where you see, like, the face of Christ. Like, if you talk about images of Jesus, mm-hmm. right, or, or holy images to focus on, it's hard not to look in the face of the poor and not see Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And some practical tips, especially for families, um, you need to give money. And there are things you could do to find money. And this is actually a fun exercise with children. Like, what could we spend less money on that we normally spend money on so we can give it to the poor? Oh, well, maybe if we didn't go out to restaurants during Lent. That's a good one. That's a great idea. We could probably give $100 to the poor if we did that. What else? Well, you go to Starbucks like every day, Dad. Yeah, you're right. What if you didn't do that? <laughs> right. So they get really creative with this stuff. Yeah. So no, that's Work good. with your kids on things you can do to, to give money. Secondly, you got to give time. So y'all could talk as a family. Like, what time can we give? Even if it's just one day during Lent, that's mm-hmm. all we can because we're so busy. Right. Where can we give that one day? Yeah. You know? And talent, what are we good at that we can benefit the poor with? You know, like, you're good at painting. Maybe we could paint something and, and, and uh, give it away. Your house needs painting. Yeah. <laughs> and I think your suggestion on, um, you mentioned having something in your vehicle ready. This is something we do. With the kids, kids love this stuff, but think, what can we have in our vehicle? Granola bars, um, something that when we see someone who needs something, we mm-hmm. can respond during Lent. Right. Maybe not year-round, but during Lent, we can have a, a, a prepared response for those that are asking for food or money as a family, and the kids can get creative with that too, you know? So just some practical suggestions for families, because it's doable, and, and the kids love to do it. Absolutely. Dude, that's good, man. You You've helped create uh, Linton Gold on this show. <laughs> Linton Gold. <laughs> Linton Gold. <laughs> so now we have no excuse. We have to have a great Lent. Yeah, I mean, we just challenged ourselves if no one's listening. Yeah. <laughs> like you and I are going to have a good Lent. <laughs> uh, but anyway, thanks everyone for listening, uh, whether on the radio, KLFT, Christ Our King Radio, or uh, on the podcast. Um, Get that podcast. Sh- share the show and, and invite people to it. Um you can get it on uh, iTunes and Google Play. You go to discovertheartofliving.com. Um, you see the show there. You can actually support the show and the work we're doing with marriages and families and you know men and women and folks around the world that are speaking, consulting, coaching, and, and uh, yeah, man, teaching people the art of living for Christ. Like, that's the mission, right? That is the mission. So what else are we going to do? What else are we going to do? <laughs> Right? There's that's, nothing else to do. That's just what we do. <laughs> so anyway, thanks everyone for listening, uh, and we'll be back next week. Happy Lent. God bless.